It's a Tuesday morning in August 1974, Memphis, Tennessee. John is busy sorting packages through the night at the hub of the newly launched shipping company, Federal Express. They've been open just over a year. He keeps his eyes glued to the destination city on the mailing labels, depositing the boxes in the appropriate bins so they get placed on the right planes. It's a crucial job. If a package gets into the wrong bin and ends up in the wrong city, Federal Express's reputation will take a hit. And right now, in these early days, reputation is everything. John's vision becomes blurry. He's been working nonstop for the past four hours. He quickly takes off his gloves and rubs his eyes, hoping that it'll help them refocus. He's not due for a break for another 20 minutes. His colleague notices. Crazy today, right? John nods and grabs a package from the conveyor belt just before it passes him by. I've been here almost a year and I've never seen anything like this before. Bosses say they've been adding customers, but this is ten times busier than it was just last week. <sighs> yeah. John heaves a large box into the bin. By law, they're only allowed to ship packages weighing 50 pounds or less, but John's pretty sure that sometimes the scales are a little light. Something else must be going on. There's no way we added this many customers that fast. Did you notice most of these packages are coming from New York? John looks at him, confused. He's been so focused on the destination, he hadn't noticed where they were coming from. But now he realizes his colleague is right. Package after package after package has been sent from New York. What on earth's happening in New York? In New York City, 4,000 drivers for United Parcel Service, or UPS, are walking off the job and heading to the picket line. 38-year-old Ron Carey, his hair neatly parted on the left, yells to the crowd. Harold Obercotter and the other bosses at UPS think we're nothing. Are we nothing? No! They want to take our full-time jobs and replace them with part-time ones. Will we let them? No! For decades, UPS has reigned supreme. It's the largest private shipping company in the country, delivering more than 500 million packages per year and making millions in profits. But it won't be untouchable for long. The UPS driver strike is about to give its new competitor, Federal Express, a much-needed boost in its rocky early days. UPS executives adamantly believe that only one parcel shipping company can be successful in the United States. The company will do anything to defend its turf against the upstart, Federal Express. And the no-holds-barred approach of both companies sparks a rivalry that will span 40 years. Enjoy a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies' Black Friday in July event. Get amazing savings with up to 50% off high-performance computers and tech built for business. And be able to take your office with you with Windows 10 Pro. Plus, get great offers on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and more, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. And speak with a Dell Technologies advisor today. Louisiana has unmistakably unique culture, world-class cuisine, and the nation's top-ranked workforce development program. This incredible state's business environment is powerful, rich, and diverse. 
It's the gateway to 38 states and the world with a port system delivering the most domestic cargo in the U.S. It's also where NASA and higher ed partners build rockets that will transport the first women to the moon. Discover Louisiana's investment resources at OpportunityLouisiana.com to learn how your company can gain a competitive advantage in Louisiana. From Wondery, I'm David Brown, and this is Business Wars. When it was time for the National Zoo in Washington, D.C. to send their three-and-a-half-year-old panda, Bao Bao, to China in 2017, they called FedEx. It may have been one of the company's more high-profile deliveries, but it shows just how far FedEx has come since its inception almost 50 years ago. By 2019, FedEx delivered over 2 billion packages, and this year it ranks number 47 on the Fortune 500 America's Largest Companies list, just under UPS, which clocks in at number 43. But FedEx's success was anything but assured. When the company started, the private shipping world was dominated by UPS, one of the most admired companies in the country. FedEx had spotted a crack in UPS's ground shipping market. The new company boldly offered customers one-day shipping by air on their own planes. But no one was sure customers would actually pay for it. In our new six-part series, we go inside this fierce rivalry that influenced labor laws, airline deregulation, and the very way we shop. This is Episode 1, Kick the Tires and Light the Fires. It's 1971 in Memphis, Tennessee. Fred Smith is sitting with his two half-sisters, Fredette and Laura Ann, over lunch. Smith was a football player at Yale and has broad shoulders and a fearless attitude. But today, he's apprehensive about sharing his idea with them. As close as he is to his sisters, he's always aware of being the baby of the family. At 27, he's seven years younger than his oldest sister, Fredette. He's worried his sisters won't take him seriously, that they'll dismiss him because his idea is too ambitious. And he's afraid that without their approval, his dream will die. Laura Ann looks over and raises her eyebrow at Fredette, who takes the cue. Look, Freddie, we love catching up and seeing you, of course, but is there a reason you wanted to have lunch? Smith takes a big drink of water and dives in. You know how I've always wanted to do something with my inheritance. His sisters nod. Smith was very close to their father, but only four when the man died of a heart attack. The elder Smith made his money by selling a regional bus line he'd owned in the 30s to Greyhound. He used the profits to start a restaurant chain that made him a multimillionaire. When he died, he left each child an inheritance and put the balance of the family fortune in a trust, with control to be shared equally among the three siblings. Well, I've been thinking a lot about my future lately. I did two tours in Vietnam blowing things up, and now I want to build something. And I need your help. Fredette leans forward. What do you have in mind? Smith lays down his silverware. Fredette, 
As you probably know, it can take up to 10 days for banks to clear checks. That means close to $3 million is floating per day. Do you know why it takes so long for checks to clear? His sisters shake their heads no. Because that's how long it can take checks to travel by mail between the banks. Now, what if we had a company that could get checks from one bank to another in 24 hours? The sisters exchanged looks, worried about the feasibility of such an ambitious plan. Now, just hear me out. The company would pick up the checks at night and then fly them to a central location where they're processed by Federal Reserve employees. Then, the next morning, we fly the checks to the city closest to the bank and we deliver the check to the bank. I'm thinking we could name the company Federal Express to show that we work with the Federal Reserve. And that would inspire public confidence. Fred Ed and Laura Ann are speechless for a moment. Then Laura Ann wades in. Is the Federal Reserve on board with this idea? Smith nods excitedly. Yes, I presented the idea to them and I got a very positive response. In fact, I'm confident they'll be officially signed on soon. So what do you need from us? Well, money. There are a lot of startup costs with a company like this. We need planes, for one, and those aren't cheap. I'm prepared to put in $250,000 from my inheritance. And I'm hoping you'll put in some of your personal money and (sighs) authorize a loan from the trust. Laura Ann nods. I can see you really believe in this idea, but it feels risky to me. I think there's a market for overnight shipping. No one's doing it, not with their own airplanes. Some companies stick packages on passenger planes, but then they're at the mercy of that airline schedule. And I think the Federal Reserve is the perfect place to start. It's a guaranteed customer with a lot of work. Fredette reaches across the table and pats Smith's arm. We'll talk it over. A few days later, Smith is elated when his sisters agree to personally invest an additional $250,000. They also authorize the trust to loan him another $3.6 million, the equivalent of $22 million in today's dollars. A couple of months later, Smith and his colleague watch as two tractors tow his new jets into their hangar at the Little Rock Municipal Airport. Since returning from Vietnam, Smith has been running Arkansas Aviation, which repairs checks and contracts out pilots. Look at these beauties. With the infusion of cash from his sisters, Smith has wasted little time. He's gotten Federal Express registered as a corporation and has just bought two planes from Pan Am. Now, all that's left is to get the paperwork signed by the Federal Reserve and he'll be off and running. Smith can't stop smiling. He's excited to get his business off the ground, literally. He turns to his colleague. Now we just need to get these babies painted. Can you see it? Federal Express right across the body. I'm thinking bright colors to grab your attention. Before Smith can expand anymore, his secretary approaches him. Sir, there's a phone call for you. It's Frank from Federal Reserve. He says it's urgent. Smith turns to his colleague, a big smile on his face. This is it. We're in business now. The Federal Reserve is officially our client. Smith hurries back to his office. Frank, 
Sorry to keep you waiting. I was just inspecting my brand new planes. All they need is a coat of paint. They'll be ready to haul checks from all across the country. Oh, you bought the planes already? Yep. They just arrived this afternoon. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I have some bad news. Smith feels his stomach sink. He knows what Frank is going to say. The Federal Reserve will not be using his new company. What happened? Every time we've spoken, everybody seems so positive. They think it's a great idea in theory, but a lot of people would have to change their schedule for this new system you propose to work. And there just aren't enough of them willing to do that. That's why they're saying no? They don't want to change their schedules? <laughs> this is unbelievable. I'm sorry, Fred. I, I tried really hard to convince them that the benefits of clearing checks faster was worth the inconvenience, but you know this group. They don't like change. It's a gut punch. Smith sinks into his seat and stares across the room. What is he going to do? He has a name of a company and two jets sitting in a hangar 100 feet away. He's also in debt for over $3 million that he convinced his sisters he would be able to pay back to their joint trust fund. He's been trying to do something worthwhile with his inheritance. But in a matter of months, he's already blowing it. No! He catches himself, surprised that he said this aloud. He's going to make this company work. It's not going to be as easy as he thought. But he knows there's still a market for fast and reliable shipping. What he doesn't know yet is how to capitalize on it. It's 1972 in a Manhattan hotel. A business consultant named Art Bass walks into a conference room. He sees Fred Smith sitting with Roger Frock. Frock works for a rival consulting firm. Bass stops short. Roger, what are you doing here? I'm presenting my ideas to Fred here on the viability of an overnight shipping company. What are you doing here? The same thing. Both men turn to Smith. He never told either of them that he had hired a second consulting firm. It's an aggressive move. Smith shrugs. He doesn't understand what the fuss is about. They both got their money. I figured two opinions were better than one. So, what'd you find out? Frock speaks first. Well, our study indicates that door-to-door -door overnight delivery is a real hole in the market. Bass nods. We found the same thing. Right now, there are 100 medium-to-large cities that don't receive any kind of overnight service at all. If you can fund a network to reach those cities, you can capture a large segment of the market. But Frock is frowning. Outside of the logistics of raising the money and overcoming the regulations that oversee airlines, there is another potential obstacle. Smith raises his eyebrows. What's that? Well, there is a very real possibility that once you establish the viability of this service, bigger name shipping competitors will copy it and push you out. Is there a particular competitor you're worried about? Frock and Bass don't miss a beat. UPS! Smith nods. Of course, he knew that. It is a huge, crazy, expensive gamble. But he likes gambles. The smart money would be on UPS. Smith figures this is the moment 
to see if he can take on Big Brown itself. He feels good about his odds, but this will be a punishing high-stakes wager. Where's my order? Where's my order? Where's my order? Break free from customer support monotony. Welcome to Intercom for Customer Support, the business messenger that uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Intercom's business messenger resolves questions that can be answered automatically, so customer support feels less like Groundhog Day and more like help is on the way. Go to intercom.com support to learn more about Intercom's business messenger for customer support. Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance, or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Go to Investor.gov today to learn about these investment products and more. How much do you already know about investing? Find out by putting your financial knowledge to the test with their new investment quiz. Investor.gov is your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest, Investor.gov. It's 1972, New York City at UPS headquarters. George D. Smith, the company's 73-year-old CEO, is grinning as he rings a large gong. Executives look up from their desks, smiling. Smith is thin with round glasses and a balding head. He looks just like the accountant he started out as. But he has a ruthless streak, and ringing this bell never gets old. After he took over from company founder Jim Casey nine years ago, he's gotten to ring it a lot. The executives look around. This is unusual. Usually the bell is rung only once, but Smith shows no sign of slowing down. Finally, the sonorous vibrations stop. Smith steps forward. As you all know, we ring this bell anytime we add a state we can deliver into. Over the past 20 years, we've been persistent and added one state at a time until we were able to deliver in 33 states. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to announce that we are now delivering in 42 states. One executive turns to another, a surprised expression on his face. We added nine states? That's incredible. Smith stands by the bell, grinning broadly. Anytime UPS wants to deliver in a new state... It has to get permission from the Interstate Commerce Commission and the state's own agency. And only the United States Post Office is allowed to deliver in all 50 states. But UPS has been chipping away at that advantage. We are up against a mighty foe in the post office. They have the power of the government aiding them every step of the way. But like David against Goliath, I am confident that we will prevail. It's March, 1973, New York City. It's been two years since Federal Express Incorporated, and they're finally launching their service tonight. Although the first plane has yet to lift off, founder Fred Smith's already burned through his cash. He desperately needs more. 
that's why he's here in New York, looking for investors. But his head is in Memphis. He asks a secretary if he can use her phone. She nods and walks away. Damn it, Frock, pick up! After hearing their initial assessments as consultants, Smith hired both Roger Frock and Art Bass to help run the company. Now, Federal Express is operating in 10 cities with their hub in Memphis, Tennessee. Frock is chief operating officer. He's recruited the management team and organized the corporate structure. Hello? Roger, I just wanted to remind you that if we're overloaded, there's time for the planes to make double runs. I know we're predicting 300 to 450 packages, but you never know. We need to be prepared for more, so make sure the pilots are given the heads up, all right? I already have, Fred. Don't worry. Everything's under control here. You stay focused on your meetings there. We need that money. I'm on it. But the most important thing is those packages are at their destination on time. That's our whole pitch. We have to deliver. No pun intended. Yep. Really, Fred, we're, we're ready for this. Like you always say, we gotta kick the tires and light the fires at some point. I'll call you when you're back at the hotel and I'll have the numbers. The secretary taps him on his arm. Mr. Jones is ready for you. Smith nods. I gotta go, Roger. Make sure you call me tonight. I want to know exactly how many packages we have. Will do. Smith turns to the secretary. Now, if you'll follow me. Smith follows her into her boss's office. He gives his pitch, but his mind keeps drifting back to Memphis. 400 packages would be great, but what he'd really love to crack is 500. That would prove his ideas viable. Well, thank you very much for coming, Mr. Smith. We'll give this serious thought. It's after 11 p.m. Smith thought Frock would have called him an hour ago. They should have a count by now. Finally. Roger, what's the count? There's an awkward pause. Roger, are you there? Can, can you hear me? I'm here, Fred. Well, what's the count? How many packages do we have? Well, it's only our first day. I don't think this is indicative of anything, per se. Just spit it out, Roger. We're a little lighter than we hoped. A number, Roger. Come on, give me a number. How many packages are on our planes? Six. Smith blinks. Come again? There are six packages on the planes, Fred. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, that six? That six. Smith sinks onto his bed. This is a disaster. If Smith wants Federal Express to be a viable business, then he is going to have to make some major changes. And fast. In our next episode, UPS continues its expansion, oblivious to FedEx's entry into the market, as Smith struggles to keep his new company afloat. From Wondery, this is Episode 1 of FedEx vs. UPS for Business Wars. If you like our show, please give us a five-star rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Wondery app, or wherever you're listening right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app to listen ad-free. You'll also find some links and offers from our sponsors in the episode notes. Supporting them helps us keep offering our shows for free. 
Another way you can support the show is by filling out a small survey at wondery.com survey and tell us which business stories you'd like to hear. A quick note about recreations you've been hearing. In most cases, we can't know exactly what was said. Those scenes are dramatizations, but they're based on historical research. If you'd like to learn more about FedEx, we recommend Changing How the World Does Business by Roger Frock. I'm your host, David Brown. Austin Rackless wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Edited and produced by Emily Frost. Sound designed by Kyle Randall. Our executive producers are Jenny Lauer-Beckman and Marshall Louie. Created by Hernan Lopez. For Wondery. For over 100 years, General Motors was America's automaker. But after the 2008 financial crisis, the storied car company nearly died. Hi, I'm Lindsey Graham, host of Wondery Show, Business Movers. We tell the true stories of business leaders who risked it all, the critical moments that define their journey, and the ideas that transform the way we live our lives. In our latest series, an HR executive named Mary Barra rises to become General Motors' first female CEO, just in time to save the company from ruin. But as Mary fights to lead General Motors into the future, tragedy strikes. Listen to General Motors Back from the Dead from Business Movers on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or the Wondery app. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app to listen ad-free.